0: NFL podcast bites the millennials' hands that feed it. (laughs) Welcome to another
2: edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with heroes: Mark Zessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. What is that about biting the millennials' hand? Saying
3: stop coming after the listeners. I mean, we often there. We've done a big that. part of our. Do we come system. after
4: the listeners? I feel like I, that happened four years ago. Yeah, uh, I okay. I stopped getting on millennials a long time ago. I think. Yeah, I used to did. tell them to read a book quite often. You know what? Go, right around the time. Crack
2: a book once in a while, millennials. Right around the time you met a woman, who was known as the Paramore, but now she has a name. It's Lakeisha, and uh, Wes. This ramp up to the wedding has been outrageous. Uh, this weekend, Lakeisha. And it's all on the gram, and and there was, there was girls by the pool. There was a, a pole involved. Ripper's in pool. Dance if you want to take studio. a break
3: from following Matt Mark Patrick Brady on Instagram, you could also yeah. follow uh, Lakeisha Jackson. On Lakeisha Instagram. Jackson zero.
2: And I would say do not ever stop following Mark Patrick Brady. In fact, if you're not following him on Instagram, please do it. Do now. We've nope. noticed that like 150 of you plus have now <laughs> unfollowed him after following him. That's yep. just rude. Get back on. But Wes, your wedding now, it's, it's coming now. It's about a month and a half out. Just Like about. a freight train. It's next month. You're getting married and, uh, and your wife-to-be has been very busy. Our bachelor party with Wes, of course, is coming up in just about three weeks. Uh, how you feeling? Where's your emotions A little overwhelmed. Where's the P scale right now? P scale, I would say, is about a three. Okay, that's a good place.
4: Like, I'm totally confident about the wedding and who I'm marrying and major life decisions. The most important. Right. It's more of, like, you just, there's so much planning involved. And I had it in my mind because I'm older. Like, I'm, nobody gets married for the first time at 45. This is ridiculous. Well, some people. So I had it in my mind that everything would be casual, <laughs> you know. I'm past that, like, fairy tale stage of right. the wedding. Yeah. But
1: casual... Your eyes are open. Casual is not happening. Like, what you are slowly learning is that you control nothing. Right. At all at this point. Yes.
2: It's a bit of a cliche. You realize as the wedding's coming together that you're just along for the ride.
4: Well, mm-hmm. it's... I feel like... So I know I don't have any control, but I'm also suspe- expected to contribute
2: a lot. That's a tough spot.
4: <laughs> yeah, tough
2: spot. And uh, Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Where is the wrestling cam? Hashtag Westcam. We had it in front of Greg and I on Friday show. It's gone, and I really miss it, I have to say.
5: <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um,
2: it was we, a great addition to the show.
5: It was, but we got to fit Mark in there, too. so got oh, to,
2: Apologies. Got to zoom out. Apologies. Right. Welcome back, Mark. How are you doing?
1: I'm fine. I mean, feel free to – I'm fine if you want to cut me out of the shot also for the betterment of this <laughs> uh, new development, but I'm doing fine. No, good. no,
4: I welcome your return, so we do not need a Wes. Okay. Kid.
2: All right. All right, so hang in there, Wes. You're almost to the finish line. We've all been there. You're looking good, though. You're feeling good look good feel good feel good play good make my good make my <laughs> all right uh big show coming up today uh, AFC is an interesting place right now really interesting um you all know about Rob Gronkowski retiring but uh the the defending AFC champion the defending Super Bowl champion Patriots well they they better not look in that rearview mirror or the side view mirror because objects greg are closer than they appear and we're going to talk about that why don't Changing they change the, the
1: way they make those mirrors at this point, so they don't have that? Doesn't have to be true. Uh,
2: because of uh, Steven Spielberg, he needed that for the movie Jurassic Park, and he paid off uh, <laughs> big mirror. He paid up, paid him off for that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and also, we're going to do uh, some news. Yeah, so we're going to talk about what's going on in the AFC, uh, which is getting more and more competitive by the day, uh, and a lot of news to get to, including Mark on that. F- well, it's you know, you can never say it's not a Indian burial ground. Because it will always be built upon an Indian burial ground, but the Browns facility in Berea—is that correct? Am I pronouncing it correctly? I called Berea, Berea, but that's
1: could be—you know—that could just be from where you're from. Who knows? Right. These are happy. You're days. You're from a coal town, so yes.
2: These are happy days in Berea, uh, and a big press conference today. So we're going to start right there. Let's do some news, Ricky.
0: I just started screaming, just,
4: like, just yelling like you would have thought I was on the on the field on game day. Uh, the thing, the thing we kept saying was
2: this can't be real. Um, this can't be real. Uh, <laughs> just a bunch of boys having the time of their lives. That was Baker and Mayfield reacting when asked. Uh, where he was? What happened when he found out Baker uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was coming to the Cleveland Browns? Big presser. Uh, in Cleveland, they had uh, first Freddie Kitchens, uh, the head coach, spoke on his own, wearing the Cleveland Cleveland Indians hat, and. For all the aw shucks of Freddie Kitchens, Freddie knows what he's doing, too. He's putting that cap on. It's another reminder. Hey, I'm here to coach ball, talk ball, and be one of you. Like, he gets it. He started
3: the presser, you know, wishing them good luck on their home opener, which is like a veteran coach move. Totally.
2: So, Freddie does his thing, and then they, they trot out the four big stars Uh, of the Browns. Miles Garrett, who did not have a lot to do or say in this press conference. Uh, Jarvis Landry, who is the BFF, of course, of Odell Beckham and then Baker Mayfield and they uh, had about a 20 to 30 minute presser. The introduction, uh, your initial takeaways, um, Mark, from the press conference.
1: Well, I mean, I, I I appreciated that Baker Mayfield and the rest sort of talked about it being a bit of a surreal moment, because that's what I've been saying the whole time. And even now, it just seemed weird, because the Browns, I think, have probably led the league in hopeful press conferences that have led to literally nothing but utter disaster. And this occurred on April Fool's Day, number 1, which I found a little um, anti-poetic. But uh, I do think finally i think they were sitting up there looking at each other like how has this come together how has this happened and baker mayfield's quote um totally encapsulates that It's still, it's still, I one, there was one moment though, because I thought Baker Mayfield had some edge to him with the reporters too. He's like, Well, there was no one here last year. Now you're all here. It's like, okay, well, you're, I don't know what's going on there. But he basically, at one point, when they're starting to peg Odell Beckham with, Who are you, the person? Should we be concerned about Odell Beckham, the experience? And Baker Mayfield said, He's here today. He didn't have to be. It's voluntary. He's part of this team. He cares very much. So I think they're all glued together because Odell and Baker were hanging out long before this happened and he's legit best friends with Landry and people are trying to cook up will these two get along well they're legit best i mean you can tell that they are lifelong friends whose goals have been linked since high school so i think that the soup can work together um it's it was a very strange sight i i was taken by you know
3: Jarvis Landry saying how he cried when he found out Odell was coming Odell Beckham saying that joining Landry specifically is maybe the greatest blessing he's ever had in his entire life and that he and Landry are close enough that he hated being apart from him that he didn't feel like he could be there for him as a friend enough by facetiming every day and they said they do that and i was like you know i i don't talk to my brother or my mom or anyone right. every day or anything i mean they, and it just it does give you the idea of like what it means to them to play together and, and their how excited they are to be with someone like Baker May. Let's
2: listen uh, to Odell Beckham who did not tamp down the expectations when talking about what this day meant for the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League as a whole.
4: I think this moment is going to be more iconic than we all realize right now. You know, that's obviously, that's what we'd want the goal to be. You know, to look back in 10 years and be like, man, I remember today, April 1st. 2019, like the start of something great, you know, and I'm just happy to be a part of that. What if instead of like when the Vikings first traded Randy Moss to the Marcus Sopo Andrew Walter Raiders, <laughs> what if at that same time they traded him in the prime of his career to a Bengals team that just drafted Carson Palmer and had Chad Johnson and Rudy Johnson and Chris Perry and Chris Henry. That's what this seems like to me in the prime of his career They traded for the most talented wide receiver in the NFL on a loaded offense. That's why I can understand why he says this might be more iconic than people realize.
3: I think that's why they put Miles Garrett up there, too, to to sort of signify, like, hey, this is our new era, and Garrett fits, even though he didn't get asked much, on this day, he is one of the faces and the leaders, and that the Browns are now. We've been we've been saying they're becoming America's team, but really is different. And I know it's April first, and we got a couple hours to fill on up to the minute. But like taking a Browns press conference live on NFL Network,
1: and like that's the big
3: you know news of the day. It's that's totally different.
1: Did, did you guys gain more confidence in Freddie Kitchens? in terms of handling all these starts. I thought his press conference was as good as anything that came from the players because he hammered home over and over. It's like, look at good. He talked about basically, and he asked the PR guy, am I allowed to talk about a player that I've coached before? And the, the PR guy's like, yes. He's like, all right, I follow the rules. But he talked about Larry Fitzgerald, that good players don't mean titles at all. That They have to basically make this work. And to me, that is the major X factor that still hangs in the sky.
2: That's basically where I am right now. I'm, um, Excited to see how all this plays together. It's it's fun to ha- have Beckham with a great young quarterback to see where it all goes. I'm now I'm at the top in terms of like the gas tank is filled with the hype and everything around this team. Just wait. I, I'm, already, I'm already ready to just – I want to see these guys play. I want to see how they react to adversity. I want to see how Freddie Kitchens handles the personalities. But I know that's not how it's going to work. It's going to be months and months ahead. But it just – it is – today was just another example – of the level of optimism that is, I haven't seen around um, many teams at all in the years that I've been working at NFL. Uh, so it is a little bit surreal going back to well. And uh, when we have, you know, it's that not it's gone Browns. well. Right. Typically, it doesn't. Uh, but th- this is so interesting that it, it is the Browns that is the the team that is the recipient of all this um, hype. So we'll see how it plays out. Let's move on. The Raiders. No hype around the Raiders in terms of uh, AFC contender right now, but they are busy. They're doing their due diligence, as they say. They're holding a private workout uh, with Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray uh, on Monday in Dallas, and the workout um, also uh, apparently went very well, according to Rap Sheet. Murray going nuts. Uh, and uh, in terms of, like, his ability to you know, throw the ball. I mean, guy is supposed to be one of the great dual threat players, and, and the Raiders are kicking the tires and seeing if that's a guy they want to make a play for. Uh, interestingly, uh, Wes, the Raiders also sent out a tweet with Raiders great Tim Brown pointing at Kyler Murray, saying just Heisman stuff. They're both uh, former Heisman Trophy winners. Uh, do you put anything into that with... Of course, Derek Carr and John Gruden and Mike Mayock and everyone is saying all the right things about Derek Carr. He's our guy. Uh, But then your uh, Twitter account is sending out uh, the Kid Phenom quarterback photo from a workout for the team.
4: Well, I never know what to put in any of these visits. That's why I don't track them very much because they're not very predictive of who will be drafted by that team. It just says that they're interested. And John Gruden has said at the um, Combine, Derek Carr is a franchise quarterback and our franchise quarterback. And then just at the league meetings last week, he said again, Derek Carr is going to be our quarterback. I don't know how similar is that to the Giants saying Eli's going to be our quarterback.
2: Or Odell Beckham, we didn't we didn't sign Odell Beckham to trade him. Or Jordy uh, Nelson's going to be on our team next year from
3: John Gruden in late, you know, week 17 of December last well, year. Well, I let
2: me mean, what would we be
1: doing if the Jets had brought in Kyler Murray for a long right. workout and we're tweeting out Kyler right. Murray tweets from their account. It
4: doesn't can mean the Raiders draft him if the Cardinals are already slated to draft him. Well, that's right. the
1: issue, but we right. talked they, about a Derek Carr trade of the Raiders and they move up. But they don't, they don't know. They don't know
3: you, you don't know what the what the Cardinals are necessarily going to do. You I do put something into it. Okay, this is their time. And Greg Olson, their offensive coordinator is down there. Gruden scripts 30 minutes of of that quarterback workout. They're going to dinner, Mike Mayock and John Gruden. Like, I absolutely put something into that because if you just signed, let's say you know, a quarterback to a long-term contract, you're not doing that. Just You're not in the top-shelf quarterback game. They are saying that Derek Carr's our quarterback, but he's not one of those quarterbacks that you would just not consider taking. Like So they're, they're, their eyes have to be open to drafting Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins for that.
1: Or maybe they're preparing for a year from now when the Cardinals are trading Kyler Murray and getting their third <laughs> quarterback in three seasons.
3: It's telling to me Ian said they're not going to the other quarterback's workouts or anything so they're not necessarily like like in the second third round quarterback market
4: maybe they trade up for the cardinals which is maybe what right. the cardinals want right with maybe. all those draft picks the raiders have. right
3: exactly but they are looking hard at haskins and murray like the two guys that they would think would
2: have a chance to be better than Carr. Uh, so the raiders are picking number four in the first round at least right now uh the new york giants are picking sixth And a lot of talk about, oh, the Giants, they'll take a quarterback this year. They passed last year. Well, maybe not. Uh, First of all, Ohio State defensive end Nick Bosa visiting with the Giants on Tuesday per rap sheet. And a report out of uh, SNY, Ralph Vacchiano, a source uh, uh, told Vacchiano that the Giants will likely select a pass rusher with a sixth overall pick. The source told Vacchiano, as much as we need a young quarterback, I honestly don't know how we can pass on one of the pass rushers at 6 um Dwayne Haskins is a quarterback that's also p- potentially out there in that area but uh the Allen kid uh, uh Williams Bosa those are three big time pass rushers that apparently the Giants are hot on
3: I don't know what to put into these like the report that they they couldn't pass up a defensive end but the idea that they would like maybe wait to the second first round pick they had seems kind of laughable because like that's just not how it works with quarterback if they're into drew lock for instance that they've been kind of tied to maybe daniel jones like someone's going to trade up for drew Locke, or or you you would take you know you would you would take them like you if you're into a first-round quarterback you're into it maybe, maybe they're not it's impossible to it's, know right now
1: and it's one thing if they were in position to get the number one pass rusher but it's possible with the way things fall that they could get the third or fourth or fifth best pass rusher. So it's like you're not even get the best guy. I think it's starting to become so, I, I was very anti-Giants. It's now becoming so incredibly beautiful because they're digging so hard into this thing where they're going to take everything a that a point. Giants fan would want and just say, we are going to continue to push and we might even sigh Eli Manny into 2020 at this point. <laughs>
4: it's, it's That's the reports of that. It's beautiful for like observers who don't have a horse in the race but if you're a Giants fan oh then you're setting your house on this fire. is what stinks about being a fan that that people can come into your organization get caught up in their own notions and wreak havoc on your team instead of trying to build a winner well and think about our boy Eddie Spaghetti who was tweeting out about having two Odell Beckham mouse
1: pads they are like Odell Beckham shirts and hats I mean that's, that's they're leaning it. into it so much though I I
3: might almost like this might be what makes me start to root for Eli Manning and the Giants. Like, I agree. You know, you just have to run that. You know, I, I, flag.
2: I remain because he did it again. Gettleman was on Good Morning Football last week, and he he used some metric like saying that Eli was one of the top downfield passers in the league last season. It's mostly just to fire up like the three guys that I do this podcast with at this point. <laughs> Doesn't it remind you... I'm just you? along for the ride. I'm right. enjoying every, every step of it. It
1: reminds me of when Les Snead and the Rams were going on their Case Keenum thing about he had came in and had, what was it? Like right. some sort of metric where you don't get it, but Case Keenum is this incredible quarterback that we can anchor our franchise on, and then they trade up and get Jared Goff. Right, and I, I someone pointed
3: out an article right at this time last year that said how the Browns were deciding between Darnold and, and Allen, and Josh Allen. Right. That's so like, who the hell knows? I think that's... An, the- uh Oh, we got some breaking news. We've got a trade live on the show. What do we got? The Browns what? have traded Emmanuel Agba to the Kansas City Chiefs in exchange for safety Eric Murray. Emmanuel Agba, bye bye. Hmm. Nice, nice. Nice pickup by the Chiefs. Uh, a guy All that right, well, I took your line there. <laughs> a guy that the, that like PFF for instance always loves Agba because he's very much a hurry. Not quarterbacks hits or sack guy, but he's good against the run. He gets some pressure. Like he's he's a starting NFL player, and they need some of those on their defense.
1: They were trying to move him. The Browns also cut Derek Kindred the to safety, today because he started to cost too much for what he was because of some sort of contract stipulation. But I thought they were going to go out and get Eric Berry potentially.
4: So they still might do that. They might. Right? Um, Dorsey burning the phone lines with his old with his old front office group here.
3: Eric Murray's played a lot. Too. So that's a guy I think that they, need they would safety. not trade Agba. I wouldn't think, unless it's for someone that they believe is going to get on the field for them. Because Ogba should, like, what yeah, was...
4: Murray's played a lot of snaps for a horrible second. Right,
3: I'm not saying he's great. I'm saying they, they probably see him as having a role. I didn't understand the the need to get rid of Agba. It's good to have a, I agree a, a with third, you. third defensive end. Uh,
2: moving on, the Redskins organization was turned upside down by the Alex Smith leg injury. Uh, an even more ser- serious medical issue... Um, connected to one of their best players, maybe their best player, uh, left tackle Trent Williams, uh, who had been dealing with what was known as a medical scare. Turned out, according to Rap Sheet, it was a growth or a tumor on his head that doctors feared might be malignant, scary stuff. It was removed, and there was uh, concerns at the time that he might miss the season with the situation. Well, it turns out now everything should be okay, and um, he'll be on the field. So great news, but quite a scare there for Trent Williams.
4: That Just speaking as someone who's gone through it, those testing days can be some of the scariest days you have just because of the uncertainty. You just don't know what what it will do to the rest of your life.
2: Shane Leckler is done. Uh, the all-pro punter retires after 18 season 18 seasons, the news announced on Twitter by former Texans teammate J.J. Watt, uh, who tweeted out a photo with Leckler, who's holding a, a bogs Light and just chilling out in what looks like a very JJ Watt type setting. It must be, you know what? Now I'm looking at the photo. It's JJ Watt's big man cabin. Remember that from Hard Knocks? Oh, yeah. Mm, the giant that, man cabin. Which we love. Yes. Enjoyed that man cabin with the cornhole outback. Anyway, so Leckler ends his career uh, drafted in the fifth round of the 2000 NFL draft by the Raiders. Remember, Leckler. And Janikowski, Seabass, came into the league together on the Raiders and then played together for a decade and a half. He made seven Pro Bowls, Leckler did, named first-team All-Pro six times. He was a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame All-2000s team. His punt average went up each of the three decades, uh, or the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Uh, He finally steps away, though. And here's the thing. Pat McAfee, former punter who used to study uh, Leckler's tape uh, to learn how to uh, punt in, in, in the most uh, efficient manner possible says, this guy's a first ballot hall of famer. Well, not to get on Rich Eisen's corner, the, what was the punters or people too? Is that the Eisen thing? Shouldn't there be more discussion about Shane Leckler? I mean, that's, he's put together a career that few players in his position have ever even approached.
4: Well, I don't know if he'll, I doubt he'll be first ballot. That's, just to me. That's just the reality of the situation. He'll definitely be considered because he was the best at his position for, what, a dozen years? I think Johnny Hecker overtook him, and I think Johnny Hecker is the best best punter I've ever seen. But Shane Lecker will, will be seen as the guy from that early 2000s. Also, the Raiders went from Ray Guy to Shane Lecker. They have two of the best punters in history. And, Leckler, and that's got to be the best special teams the,
2: draft of all time. And Guy's the draft. only punter in the Hall of Fame.
1: Leckler was – so that's sort of – that's the Raiders version of going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. They did it in the, the punter position. <laughs> like the worst position possible. Oh, no, it's, I think it's, it's, I think better it's, than it's no equal, equally equally yeah. a huge feat. Um, I mean, Leckler was in the, the tuck rule game. And when, when you talk about McAfee, because he had it in the, in the Peter King piece this morning where he came into the league as a rugby kicker and coaches thought, yes, we can make you – you got the – skill set to become a kicker, but it's gonna take some time. And he basically just like took Leckler videotape out of the library and studied it over and over and over Mm -hmm. and nobody else and became Pat McAfee. I mean and he's he's smart.
3: So Leckler knows it's an uphill battle to get into Canton, not gonna get a lot of pop if he's retiring right before free agency starts or the week of the draft. So what do you do? Yeah, you wait till April. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the owner's meeting's over. Mm-hmm. Everyone's looking for some content. I mean, we've got Hashtag. we've got NFL Network producers now coming up to us in the hallway. Hey, can you pre-tape? Can Please? you be part of the thing? It's like, it's like, where were you during the season? No, didn't yeah. care then. Yeah. Now, they, now want- they got hours to fill. They, they're like, do five minutes on Shane Leckler and his legacy. Whatever.
2: Like, Leckler, he's savvy. He's uh, a smart guy. Uh, moving on. Sean McVay, you know, this guy. This guy knows how to fun. He's not just a genius. He's not just a young, brainy genius. Uh, he's also a guy that likes to kick back and have a little fun. How about this? A little prank on his buddy and new Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury uh, told a little story spun a yarn, Wes. Is that what they say? Oh, yeah. Uh, on the Adam Schefter's podcast. What is it called? It used to be You you know him from Adam. Podcast, and then at some point, ESPN was like, Yo, it's probably like the Adam Shefter podcast. We got to change this name, that's not going to work. So, I think now it's just the Adam Schefter podcast. Anyway, here is what McVeigh confirmed. Yeah, the what, which one? The, the Adam name? Schefter podcast. What was the former name? You were right. You were correct. You we know, know him, him from right. Adam? Yeah. I believe. Okay, got that figured out. Anyway, here it is uh, McVeigh having some fun with his buddy Cliff from the Adam Schefter podcast.
4: We have a uh, a mutual friend that I uh, put his name in my phone as Roger Goodell. <laughs> And uh I had this friend send me a text saying I can't believe you're at dinner with Kingsbury and Mahomes you know better than this this is tampering you're both losing picks and I showed Cliff the text and uh the he the, he saw a ghost I said you better call Steve Kime right away he said oh, I thought I was going to lose the number 1 overall pick and we couldn't let it go on too long but it was pretty good we we got him good
0: I I still I was talking to him about that yesterday when I saw him but I'm pretty proud of that one Adam <laughs>
2: On April Fools Day, you got to chuckle, right, Mark? <laughs> I like it. I think the best
1: pranks, the best friends are the friends that you that do amazing pranks and the best pranks should totally alter your mind state. When you're the subject of it, you should be somewhere and like like Cl- suddenly Cliff Kingsbury is freaking out. A second later, you should be somewhere very bizarre and dark and wondering what's happening right. to you next.
2: So you got punked. Like Basically. that type of vibe. Yeah.
1: Candy camera type stuff. You I have an example? The best prank that I was ever involved in was um, I went to Miami Ohio for one year. Before how many colleges did you? That don't my to the much, to the annoyance of my parents <laughs> like I'm f- too many and like but nothing of how note. many though? What's the number? Three plus. plus f- three, but then I'm yeah, at three. four plus. So yeah. So know.
2: three plus is four. What is the
1: Well, plus? the fourth was a like a UCLA thing after. Okay. But it wasn't part of the original thing. But the one... The like o- continuing education. Basically, yes. Uh, like the when I was at Miami, Ohio, it was a one of the weirdest years of my life. But there was one night where we were all up at like 2.30 in the morning in this like dorm room. It's a bunch of like hoodlum guys. And we were like, let's take this one kid who fell asleep for this big test he had. Let's take him to town. And so we all at 2.30 in the morning turn all the lights on in every dorm room, open every door. Walk, guys walking up and down, taking showers, like in their towels, brushing teeth, and we're like, "Dude, you wake up! Your test is wait, your your test is soon." And he's like, "Uh." So he woke up out of his bed, and his roommates like, "I'm so glad I got you in time. You're gonna, you have a half an hour to get there." So he runs in the shower, takes a shower, brushes his teeth, gets dressed, and we're all acting like in our we have books and book bags, and we're like flannel shirts and coats, and I'm like, "Hey, good to see you. Have a good day." And like we we ushered him down to the front door, and then we just watched as he slowly, in the middle of the night, crossed the entire quad and went beyond the quad, far across campus to this classroom and ultimately he told us I think he like knocked on the front door because it was locked and it's like it's three in the morning dude your test isn't for like another five hours he didn't figure out because it messed his mind he could not figure out the so entire the fact time. that it was dark out
2: still but, but it-, it was
1: Ohio in the winter okay. so it's dark it's like he wanted to get an early start <laughs> so he never figured it out at all no cell phones was was it? Was, it was he, like, suspicious
3: well when you guys all, like, stopped and then started singing, like, a show tune and, like, you know dancing around? Well,
1: that him. didn't happen until the door slammed on him, but...
2: You basically, like, Truman showed him.
1: It was a highly orchestrated <laughs> prank by many semi-hammered people.
2: Well done, well done. Um, hey, I got a red flag to share with you guys. We all know what happened two years ago with the Detroit Lions.
4: Oh, when they weren't trying to win?
2: Yeah, they made the decision, oh, we're not going to rush to get to camp. Uh... Uh, uh, t- for the opening of their off season program, and, and what happened? You know, sat at home, watched the playoffs. Right. Okay. Uh, well, fast forward to the present. Tim and- Caldwell's like, hey, we went 9-7. and seven. That looks pretty good right about now. <laughs> uh, NFL, uh, one of their uh, media dudes, uh, sent out a tweet, <laughs> uh, a look at the start date of the offseason program. I'll give him a name, Michael Signora. He does good work for the company. I don't know him personally, but he does good work. A look at the start date of the offseason program for all 32 NFL teams. And I have to tell you, there's only one team that's waiting all the way until April 22nd, and you may be surprised. Maybe he's uh, too busy doing a victory lapse over the pass interference rule Mm -hmm. change, which he was at the center of, as we know. But uh, Sean Payton and the Saints waiting all the way until 422 to start their offseason program. Greg, I know this gets you very angry when uh, this comes up on the show. So defend it. Defend. Try to f- defend Sean Payton. We have teams reporting today. The Browns got straight to work today. Yes, they did. Along with a host of other teams. Three weeks from now, three weeks from tomorrow, in fact, that's when the, sa- the Saints lollygag their way into the building.
3: You have a set number of days that you can be in the building. <laughs> they will stay one week later than many of the teams that show up the week earlier.
2: You're, you're making an assumption. I bet they're
3: out the door. The same time as the first. I think first. how it works is those other teams will take a week off at some point that the Saints won't. They'll just go straight through. So, different approaches. I got no problem with it.
1: Doesn't that annoy your players to keep them deeper into the part of the year when you'd be on vacation with your family? I, I would look at it another scroll? way.
3: They get an extra week of vacation on the front end, and then they still get out June 13th, uh, like a lot of teams. Uh, about half the league is getting out June 13th, half is uh, the week before, June hmm. 6th. And so they're just doing it all in a row. Bang it out in a row. So
2: that's what the, the PR side says, Wes.
4: Yeah, look, late July, early August, this is the time to bunker down. That's football season. Thank you. April, who cares? Live your life. Forget about football for a while.
3: So you're saying the Browns are making a mistake. Some I kind of the yeah, teams
1: I think that. I kind of like. i of. sorry, Dan, but I like what the Saints are doing. Like, don't send me this home for right two weeks and then bring me back. Let's right. get it all done in one thing.
2: All right, well, I don't care if I'm alone on this island. You'll see. You'll see when the uh, regular season standings are complete, January 1st. We will. The only one that
1: really,
3: the only one looking at this list that bothers me, like the Cardinals, for instance, could have showed up this week. They have a new coach. They're going to go next week, so they go all the way Mm. through as well. The only one that bothers me actually is the Broncos because there's three teams that showed up today, April 1st, the first possible day. The Broncos are going tomorrow. So it's like uh, right. you're like you're a day. You're if you're gonna be in that first week mm-hmm. and not have much break. It's like what was why, why the be Broncos. Well, like
4: maybe d- guys have a longer weekend. Right.
1: They know Mondays. We know what we think about Mondays <laughs> on this show. So we're trying, we're to, trying to give. A, f- we're giving out four day weekends.
4: Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> to Start the year. Well, actually in April. A, I th- yes. I think it's actually
1: oh. part
3: of. They literally do have four day week. I don't think they're in on Fridays. What a disgrace. They're not allowed by league rules. What a Denver disgrace. four and twelve. We if they're lucky. We're clearly struggling for (laughs) topics here on April 1st.
2: Uh, Andrew No, we're not. Andrew Luck got married. uh, Nicole (laughs) Pachancic. Pachancic. Pachancic? In a wedding in in Prague. How about that? Pretty good. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. (laughs) Absolutely. Apparently, this woman uh, is um, from the Czech Republic. So Luck and this woman. I can't pronounce her name. Her parents are. Uh, Nicole. uh, Luck and Nicole both 29 met at Stanford. And fell in love, and now they are married, and isn't that a great thing? Well, love is important.
4: You know that marriage is going to have a solid foundation, being as they are both very much into architecture.
2: Ooh, oh Wes, you are in—you t- are in July thirty-first form right now, <laughs> not April first form. Nailed it. That's Team what's captain. happening in the news. Nice couple. They nailed it. Pro athletes underrated. Been there. My brother used to live. underrated. Wow, well,
3: it's probably really highly rated. It's, but it's very amazing. highly rated. properly rated. It's amazing. It's like the best place ever. Brother used to live there. Spent some time there.
4: It's one of my goals to get to Prague.
2: And you can do it, Wes. But do it before you have children. Andrew, Andrew Luck, and Nicole P. Both athletes. And um, it will be interesting to see how the old progeny. How that turns out. <laughs> Break it down, Mark.
1: I think. It, I think it's. Um, I mean, if the odds would be fine because even he comes from a NFL quarterback that if it's a child, if it's a male child, he will be successful at sports and she's a fantastic gymnast. Gymnast, So
2: tremendously gifted. I mean,
1: you can't go wrong here on the mats. Can't go wrong. Not to mention smart.
2: I mean, this kid is lucky. Nailed it again. Greg also July 31st for him. (laughs) All right, here we go. That's what's, what's happening in the news. Uh, the, uh, changing of the guard in the AFC. That's the name of the segment. Uh, what's going on in the league right now? What's going on in the the American football conference? And and, and the Patriots are the defending champions, and we know the Patriots are going to be in the mix when it comes down to it. But there's, there, Greg, even as a Pats fan, there's no denying that losing Gronk's going to hurt, and maybe, uh, you know, the team could have done a little bit more at this point in the uh, offseason so far. Are you a little bit nervous?
3: No. No. No, no, not at all. Well, you guys got on me for that all last year. And well, you're won, rooting against the Patriots the at this
4: point in your fandom. And- yeah, they've won—they've won they
3: have win 9 straight and AFC championships. I mean, it's beyond time to to hand it over.
4: Well, don't we do this every March? Oh uh, yeah, we say the Patriots are fading, <laughs> the AFC is up for grabs, and I'll take the blame here on this one.
2: But Gronk's not on the team anymore. I mean, that's that's tangible.
4: Their best defender,
2: according to Greg, Trey Flowers is gone. He's gone. Tom Brady, and you could get excited about the Lombardi Trophy. That's in the past. He was in decline last year.
1: Does it bug you, Greg? That they, they, I mean, they tried to get a, they they went after a series of free agents and lost out. But then they're going to get Josh Rosen probably too. So,
2: is that a good thing? Is that where we hang our hats on? Josh Rosen is the the, the future. Of the you process. guys are looking. If forward, we like
0: him for other teams,
3: why I'm not looking New backwards. I'm just going to enjoy that. Yeah, in moving forward, they've had enough. Objects are farther asking, than they asking. Here.
4: Asking an interesting th- way to live
3: <laughs> right. in the it, past. Asking for more seems ridiculous and uh, selfish, frankly.
1: Like, but you're I, going to get it though.
4: If you look at which teams have been weakened the most since the end of the year, I think the Patriots are near the top of that list, and it starts with a receiving core that might be the worst in the NFL right now.
1: I will say this, they have one of the biggest draft hauls they've had in a long time and not that this has been the greatest drafting team around, but if they can nail this draft, I think they're going to it's a good tight end draft, if they can maneuver up and get one of those pass catching guys, like I think they're going to be No, okay. it's an
3: important part of the I you know, they have a little ways to go on their offseason plan. I think that's safe to say. I do think they'll dive in on guys like a Michael Crabtree. I think they'll do I hope some trades like this Ogba trade uh, that the Chiefs just pulled off. They're another AFC team. I think was taking a little bit of a, a step back. So you get you still got a little time to to fill out that roster. Well, you have here are the division draft ones, being Pats, the biggest one.
2: The Pats, and we're always going to start with the Pats in the AFC uh, for obvious reasons. But Pats, Ravens, Texans, and Chiefs. Can you make a, a case uh, that any of those teams got better?
4: No, I think all of them got weaker.
2: No, I think you can make the case that they've, they're the teams that
3: have been hurt the most,
4: right. or all the teams at the top. There's an exodus of talent on all of those teams. And the Texans have gotten players at every position they've lost, but I would suggest that those players are worse than the guys who left.
1: My problem with this, talking about this right now, is that we're talking about New England, Baltimore, you mentioned Kansas City, throw in Pittsburgh based on the star power they lost. These are the four most consistent teams in the AFC Show it to me before we start selling them down the river, because I, I'm not convinced all four of them won't make the playoffs again. Hmm. I I think the cheat well and the Chiefs you know
3: we can't we are waiting for details, but the Tyree kill situation hangs over this team, and so that's that's part of what their offseason. Uh, I think just when you look at it globally, like not only are they changing so much about their defense, I think the Ogbo move is good, but. You're going from a bad defense. Is it going to get better just because it's Steve Spagnuolo? And then you have to back up that year on offense without the same players.
2: I don't have worries. But the two teams that took the other two playoff spots, the wild card spots, uh, the Colts, um, you can make a case they're better. They uh, are absolutely better. They didn't lose anyone. Tell us uh, why, why you like the Colts more now than you did in January.
4: Well, number one, as I said, they didn't lose anyone. All these other teams lost important players. The Colts re-signed the guys they wanted to re-sign, starting with Mark Lewinsky, one of their guards, early in uh, the offseason, and then Pierre Desir and Clayton Gathers, Adam Vinatieri. And then you bring in Devin Funches. When you look at that game they got shut out in December against Jacksonville, it was because Jacksonville's bigger physical corners – really put the clamps on the Colts' wide receivers who just weren't physically big enough. Um, so I think Funches really helps there. And then on their defense, Justin Houston's going to be one of their best players. They needed a pass rusher, an edge rusher. So I think not only did they sign the guys they need to, but they brought in two two guys who could have an impact. Marcus Hunt, too. And Deion Kane, one of the rookies last year, who was like the talk of the offseason coming back from – um, ACL surgery. And you know, the- I think
1: there are a no panic like that organization I just trust right now because you No know, everyone was telling us go do something they still have massive cap room and they just stuck Chris Ballard stuck to his plan from A to mm. Z and they are another team with a with a massive draft coming up. Luck is kind of like the Chris
3: Ballard of of dating you could say because it seems like he's been with this uh, girlfriend who he didn't even know about uh, for you know better part of a decade. Played it safe, you know. Played the long game. The injury Uh, got it done.
2: There is only one other team uh, in the AFC that had twelve wins, uh, besides the Chiefs. It was the Chargers who tied for the division, but still lost out. Uh, They're another team. They're kind of similar to me that they didn't, they haven't been killed by any exodus. They added Thomas Davis. They upgraded. Sorry, Greg, a backup quarterback with Tyrod Taylor over Geno Smith. Uh, They're a team that is still uh, a team you could imagine winning ten to twelve games again. So I think they're in, a, they're in a good position right now.
4: Yeah, I feel like I'm giving them an incomplete. They lose Tyrell Williams, and I don't know who they replace him with. They did have some depth there, and Travis, Travis Benjamin hasn't really played well the last couple of years, so I'm not even sure if he'll be on the team or not. But I think that wide receiver core, to me, is a question right I now. mean, the
3: changing of the guard, it's an interesting way to think about it because you think of Pittsburgh as – part of that they weren't in the playoffs technically the only two teams that have made the playoffs the last two years am I crazy Are just the Chiefs and the in the Patriots though that is kind of the the top level and then you think of the Ravens and the Steelers next but I'm with you I don't see like when you think of Cleveland as a potential Super Bowl team for instance it's not that they're like likely to do that it's just looking at the top six seven eight AFC teams is it that crazy to imagine any one of those teams in the Super Bowl next year? I don't think so. Or at I least think getting I, to the final eight, win a playoff game, right? Like, you right. Know. And I think they're absolutely in that mix, and it shouldn't be surprising if any one of those teams—the Patriots,
1: Texans, or any—take a big step. Well, remember that um, that series laughed at by many as it as it should have been. The every team will make the playoffs that I had to work on last year, <laughs> and when I wrote the, is cult- that coming back? It may be. I will not be part of it. But like when, when I did the Colts one, I don't. I can't think of a team where more people came at me and just said, "Whatever, bro." And like I'm not even when I wrote, I'm like I have to create a reason why I believe this. Right. You didn't predict it. You were just. Going, I didn't predict it at all. But then the fact the that like it's just that what some of these teams that are in the middle of all this that we chuckle at, we have no idea what. You know, what right. you
2: could do. You take the link of that story right now. Even now, it's not too late. You put it on a tweet, and then uh, and then you do the quote reti thing or with the link just put like eat it b-. i think that would I work. like, like sense love it and then it's like hey all my doubters everyone that said i couldn't do it i did it this team made it
1: i mean i should probably in succession go through each of the teams that made the playoffs that i authored the article for adam rank do the same thing on the other side it yeah. just drop fire on people and, they, and you know.
2: you, outright we know the cms which is our content management system how to access it here you could just scrub all the teams that didn't make it out. Get of the
1: rid of the non-12 teams.
2: Those URLs will be dead URLs. I like that. That's how you plan in the offseason. Maybe we should take this offline, this conversation. Yeah, why
1: are we telling everyone this plan? It's less effective
2: <laughs> if we do it on the show. Anyway, Greg, go ahead.
4: What what are we you
1: You were saying something,
2: but I I was about to I had a dig in with Mark on that. That was important.
4: How Can we um can we talk about the Ravens for a minute? Little Ravens Nest? Sure, please. So, I like what they've done with Earl Thomas and Mark Ingram, um, and yet I still feel like they're a worse team. They lost mm. so much on defense. Um, they lost their two best wide receivers, and I, this, I don't think it's controversial to suggest that defensive coordinators will probably cover Lamar Jackson a little bit better than they did in his first year in the league.
3: No, I think they're uh, – of all the – teams that like won a division and probably you would feel good about, I think they have the most questions because it's the biggest overhaul that they've had defensively ever in this entire, like that they did it the year after they won the Super Bowl, I believe in 2001, they kept their guys for like one more year than they rebuilt. They have more to overcome defensively than they've ever had. And then you're just looking at Lamar Jackson and, and that team trying to throw the ball like that. That would be the one team of all of these teams in terms of changing the guard that I would bet against if you had to pick one, like making it better.
4: That's not to say that they're in a bad situation organization-wise. No. It's just maybe they take a step back for a year before the young guys get a little bit better and establish themselves, especially that front seven on defense. Or that The secondary's as good as it was. Or that they couldn't overcome it, but they just have the most
3: obstacles because they have the Steelers and the Bengals and the Browns. I don't think the Bengals are necessarily like out of the mix. Either. That's the thing. You look around the NFL, how many teams would you be shocked if they made the playoffs? For me, it would be a list of five or less. Right. And and the in the AFC, you know, I, even the Jets would the Jets be a shock?
1: No,
4: I think. The, I guess the,
3: the Dolphins would be a Raiders shocking right now, and the meet. Raiders would be. Yeah. Peter King
1: whispered about the Jets as a potential team to play the Patriots in the first Sunday Night Football game.
2: I saw that.
1: I mean, he wasn't pitching that as something right.
2: heard, but but you know, the, it's funny. Uh, my two takes on the AFC when you look at the uh, the divisions is. And this came up in a mailbag a couple of weeks ago. Your uh, mailbag? My mailbag. Okay. email mailbag Okay. Uh, the Houston Texans, who won the AFC South last year, the Jaguars finished last 11-5, and 5-11. Five, five and 11. Uh, If there was one division to pick where the first and last place teams could flip-flop, To me, the AFC South, over all the divisions, not just the AFC, is the the most likely division where that could happen because that is such a competitive division. I think all of those teams, you can make a case for 10 or 11 wins. Uh, So I think that's going to be a dogfight right to the end. The other – I do think – this is overly optimistic. I know it always is. But I I try to be realistic with the Jets in terms of what I think they'll do. I think – I just have a feeling, I have a bit of a sessler, that this is going to be the first year in a long time that AFC East is competitive in December. Uh, Because I do think the Patriots, they kind of hit their – they got to 11 wins last year, and they were lucky to get to 11 in some ways. I think they can be a team that even drops down a little bit further. I'm not saying 9 or 8, but a 10-11 win team. And then you open it up to an improved Bills and an improved Jets team. If you can – get in that neighborhood, I think that division is going to be competitive too. I think the AFC... I mean, it better be by now.
3: Tom Brady's 42. Like, wake up. These other teams, like let's Well, get, he let's hasn't get really going. showed his
2: age though. Forever, I know. I'm just so it's saying, it's only that. happening
3: now. It, and he's going to be taking the OTAs off again a little bit. They, they've earned it. It's my new, th- like they have earned the blow up season. I think Brady should get fat. I think Belichick should take it fat. Yeah, It doesn't really seem to, like take it, fat. Take fashion. it less seriously. Let's have some internal squabbling. Let's not even, don't even try that hard. Just what is going on? It's with just you? blowing up. And then they but wasn't last off season they've, they've the internal
4: it. squabbling? They've earned. They got over that. that's true. Now you're rooting for embarrassment?
3: No, I'm not rooting for that. I'm just saying They're all
2: over the place, Greg. If
3: if they did that, I would say the Patriot fans should just back off and be like, you know what, they've earned it. Oh, but that's not what's going to happen. Seems like
2: they'll keep a good sense of perspective. <laughs> that is not how it's going to play. No. Maybe you will, and I'm I'm not even convinced you would be that way. But I, you can you can damn well you'll know that the Patriots fans are going to be furious if this team is eight and six in December. They're they're going to expect what they've come to expect for two decades. You're right. I mean, watching the coverage this off season and some of the panic
3: and the it is a good it's a good lesson in that it will like whatever you're looking for out of your sports teams to fill you up in terms of happiness and contentment and like, like it will never be enough. The Patriots are are kind of proof of that right now. Like it'll never fill up your happiness. It'll never, it'll never be enough where you're just like, that's good. Cause really? if, if, cause if the, you're pa- already there, right? I, I feel like I'm there and maybe there's a few fans, maybe there's some out there, but I, I think, I think the reaction is kind of obvious that it's always just looking to the next one. But it's it
2: the matter. it's the old Parcells thing again. And that's, as a Yankees fan, I had that in the 90s. When you get to that certain level, and it's the same reason why Parcells said he quit, he said it gets to a point where the winning doesn't feel as good as the losing feels right. bad. And as a fan, that is a tricky spot to get to because you have such an amazing ride. Uh, but it does, it does take a toll in, in terms of the enjoyment you get out of it versus how much... Uh, annoyance and anger just because you get spoiled. It's natural. The
1: only thing I'd say is walking around um, the stadium before the Super Bowl this Rams Patriots Super Bowl that did not seem like a world-weary Patriots no, fan no, no. They were having the absolute a time of their lives. They didn't but it's seem it's more to be, like the walk-up
2: to that. That's true.
1: Right. You it's know? true. That's I, like That to me was an eye-opener. It was not a tired – it's like, oh, no. you know what? Patriots fans are tired. They're not going to go to the Super Bowl. It was a 94% New England crowd. That's part of their family
2: budget at this point. That's true. And it's oh, that, that was not great. I'll never forgive the Rams – for that, I got to be honest with you, for letting the Patriots fans invade that stadium and turn it into a party. I mean, Ricky, I was happy for you because uh, the year before that, I saw you sobbing in the concourse. So you had that moment. Not only did you get to see a Patriots win in person, it was basically a Patriots home game.
5: Yeah, which felt completely different than the year before. Remember, it was in a completely Eagles fan. Totally opposite. Fan base. Yeah, I mean, exactly.
2: how many fan bases would have ever let that happen? I guess is uh, when I, I, I mean, say that I'm annoyed with the Rams for letting that happen. Can well, we at least acknowledge that the team was taken away from St. Louis? Right.
4: And most people in St. Louis do not even follow that team anymore because they're very yeah. upset about it. That's fair. Okay. I
1: well just done. To put but, that. You but know, to
2: to thing because Lakeisha would have killed you <laughs> if you didn't bring it. But a, the argument no. was,
1: to these guys' point, was that, the, that New England's fan base wouldn't show up because they were tired. That it would be a, a small Rams crowd a somewhat big Patriots crowd right. and a bunch of executive suits and their wives. Well, no, it was like, and their husbands. It was like three pieces. It was ninety six percent raging, <laughs> hammered, awesome. Pa- I actually gave them credit. I was like, this just it was sink awesome.
3: into it and enjoy it. It was it was an amazing. Maybe that's why. I mean, it was an amazing uh, feeling there. It, partly because last season, part of the topic, even entering the playoffs, was changing of the guard. Is these young quarterbacks, and you're thinking that's the chance that you have to like have a changing of the guard. Luck's been around for a while, but now he's back and, like, in full form. And now you have Baker Mayfield. Now you have uh, Lamar Jackson and, like, and mostly Patrick Mahomes. It should be his conference. Um,
2: all right. Good Good conversation. Ricky, how's your dog? What's going on?
5: He's good. He just needed some antibiotics. He's having an allergic reaction, the little guy, but he's okay.
2: What did he react to? I
5: he's, like, allergic to something outside, which you can't pinpoint. Air. I don't even know. He, he uh... Yeah, just, you know. Mold spores, maybe. Yeah, costing me money at the vet. Oh my it's
4: been an unusual spring for allergies Yeah. in LA because it rained so much for four months. But dogs get it too. You it's don't true. think it?
1: <laughs> no, are, I think
3: a lot, lot of They're organi- living organisms
4: okay. the same way that we are. We'll yeah. dive
3: into that next on the uh, LA Allergy
4: Podcast. <laughs> oh, I, oh You guys are, gonna get are having fun class. with this, but allergy people are <laughs> suffering this. I once lived much more. But go ahead. Well, no, I, I once, like, the weirdest allergy
1: I ever got. I was living in this farmhouse in Boulder, which I mentioned before, but a, at one point there, there was a, across the street a massive cornfield like going on for as far as the eye could see. And corn goes through some process in early fall. Well, I don't know what it is, where it emits some sort of terrible thing that if you're allergic to corn, which apparently and that I was, mm. like you just break out in rashes from head to toe. And I was working at a Jamba Juice, and I had to quit because they would not let me work at a juice place with rashes all over my body. Good move by Jamba Juice. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Thank you, Jamba. Just <laughs> and watch Wherever out. To are. Erica's point, this stuff is in the air that we're not prepared for. So,
2: um, what is the name of your dog? In Thor. Yes. Okay. Well, get well soon, Thor. Thank you. Good, good, uh, good, mommy work. You know, he got her to the vet, got him to the vet. Yep. Some people just will be like, oh, wait it out. It's a He dog. was like oh, ripping expensive. off his.
5: Like his fur, though, he was so itchy. Mm. So it it Mm kind of got to the point where I was like, you know, he needed a cortisone shot and all that kind of stuff. Poor little guy.
2: Oh, All right. Good job. All right. That's it. Uh, We'll be back Wednesday. Uh, We have the the, the pod, I believe. I'll tease it. Put more pressure to make sure it happens. Connie Fox is back in the Around the NFL podcast studio uh, joining us, sitting in on the show. Also, of course, our Twitter show. Um, which I know has been the time has been bouncing around. I believe the show will be at 1:30 uh, Eastern, 10:30 Pacific on Wednesday. Uh, so check that out as well. Um, and it will be the debut, Wes, of the Pocket Square <laughs> breaking it out.
4: I I, I got to raise my game. We all do, really. This is this is a call to it's a clarion call.
2: Mm-hmm. I I you could look at it as me trying to make a power move or something. No, but it's actually. More a group thing. Like here You're we. You're trying
4: go. to bring us with you.
2: Let's do it. Let's fly. How long does it take to get one? That's Wednesday's like hours away. The process for me was a few weeks. Uh, just <laughs> the whole thing so feels like there's a better way to get a pocket square. Maybe you can go to the wardrobe department and just have them set you up. There go. Maybe another option. All right, that's it. Stan Hansen signing off for a Quiet Storm, the Mailman, the Old Boss, and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Get well soon, Thor. Deal Wednesday.